0: I told Pastor Chad the title, I really didn't know what to title this, so if you don't like the title, pick one. Uh, But we're going to get right into it. Um, This is a simple message and we're going to get into the middle of it all, kind of what inspired this or what has been on my mind. But uh, this is a familiar uh, story, a familiar passage um, about a man who was healed at the Pool of Bethesda. And uh, we're going to jump right in. And uh, everybody I talked to said this morning that they were tired. So, if you need a power nap, feel free. Um, I'll try to make this brief. And, uh, and then I think we'll all have our, our afternoon naps. All right? So, we're going to read, start reading in John 5 2 through 4. It says, Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, a great multitude. depending on the translations it could be hundreds but I've heard multitude used and it's thousands so there's a lot of people and it wasn't a pretty, pretty sight. A lot of sick people blind, lame, paralyzed waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had, excuse me for one second. All right, um, the sheep gate was actually just, you know, if you didn't know, the sheep gate was the, uh, where sacrificial animals for the temple were brought. They were brought through that the sheep gate, and the five porches, and this uh, just is a illustration. Five porches kind of represent the law, the five books. The first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the law it's a picture of the law and and really you know through the law we don't you don't receive healing through the law, you receive healing through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. those stripes he, he, you know that grace is somebody, grace is Jesus, and healing came through him, but um that's just a little little side thing and and I found it interesting depending on the um, translation and the different study things I've, I've referenced. But Bethesda, um, the two that really kind of stood out to me, Bethesda means a place of outpouring or a house of grace. And that's beautiful, house of grace. So let's just continue reading on here. John 5, this is verse 5 through 6. It says, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity, 38 years. Now let me stop just for a second. When I was the first few, however many times I've heard this, I thought, oh, he was laying there for 38 years. But it really doesn't say how long he was there. But he had this infirmity for 38 years. So when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had, he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, "Do you want to be made well?" Does that sound like a ridiculous question? Right? It's, you, you could think it sounds ridiculous. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, look at me. Look at all these people. But um, this, is, this is what Jesus, or w- the way Jesus was actually asking that. What he was asking is he was saying, are you ready to abandon how you see yourself and receive faith for your healing? That's what he was asking. That that's broken down and little some study uh, tools I, I looked into used. Um, that's what he was asking. Are you ready to abandon how you see yourself? Because how many knows if you're dealing with something for thirty-eight years? You that's your identity probably. And Jesus was wondering, are you ready to change the way you see yourself? Are you ready to? Grab hold and receive faith to be made whole. He was really asking him that, and that's that that changes this a little bit because you know. And face value, it on the surface you can think that seems so so ridiculous. But he was asking him, Are you ready to to see things differently? Are you ready to change your mind, really? And then, lastly, we'll we'll finish this in John five, uh, the verse seven through nine. Said the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. There was a major... We know that verse, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the words of Christ, the word about Christ, concerning Christ. Well, he heard and received right away here. But notice when Jesus asked, when Jesus, um, when he answered Jesus' question, it was really a yes or no question. But he answered with an excuse. This is like, this isn't my fault. You know, he answered with an excuse. And I think, you know, the first two people on earth answered with excuses. We've been excusing things our whole life, right? And, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. In different translations I read, I I think this is the New King James, but um, other ones say it a little bit differently, but all of them kind of give the same general um, implication or come right out and say it. But he said, "While I am coming to get in, someone beats me to it, basically." Well, I thought he was paralyzed, like, so my first thought is he can't move. But he said, "While I'm trying to get in, while I'm coming to get in, so he could move." Now I don't know again. It doesn't say he was there for 38 years. I don't know how long he was there for, but he could have scooted pretty close. And <laughs> he could have just fallen over it if he really wanted to but anyways faith in this in this uh picture here faith came jesus he grabbed hold of the words of jesus right there he grabbed hold of that opportunity that jesus held out to him do you want to see yourself differently and do you want to receive faith for for your wholeness and he his answer just at the end of this his answer was yes and um this is the this is the account that came up in my mind when I thought about talking about what I'm going to get into here it's again I'm a simple guy and I like simple things <laughs> and uh this is this is kind of simple but this this kind of to me illustrated a little bit of what we're going to get into um and before we get into that, it's funny how you you hear these accounts and you think about them and you don't really think about them. You just hear them so much. Sometimes you get so so uh, passive in, in hearing things over and over and over. And when I'm in study, like Pastor Chad's mentioned before, we get a lot more out of it usually than probably what you get out of it. But um, it, this, this whole account made me wonder, and it's like maybe it would make you wonder like all of these people, this multitude of people in this these waters stirring, and the first one in, it says, you know that they would be healed. And then I was like, you know, again, I don't know how many a multitude of people are, but you think anybody ever thought of like uh, the take a number system? Like we should get together and and just take numbers and or, or draw names to be fair here. There's probably new people all the time, but you got to take a number, right? Um, these are just. Dumb little thoughts I had, so this really doesn't add to anything. So forgive me, but I'm going to share it anyways. But, um, you know, were deals offered? Like, hey, if you let me go in next, I'll stick around and I'll help you in next. But it was kind of a random thing. You didn't know. If someone thought of just saying staying in all the time, you think people were like, I'm just going to stay in here. I don't know. But the water was used for the temple, so I'm not sure. That would be, I don't know. That'd be kind of uh, maybe frowned upon. I don't know. Someone figured out a pattern to the stirring. Like I've been here all the time. It's the second Tuesday after the whatever. You know, I don't know. But uh, the man here in the story was most likely thinking however long he was there. I, I mean, I'm going to assume he was there for a while because he had an excuse right away why he couldn't get in there to Jesus. But can you imagine his mindset? Like, man, this really sucks. I'm... This guy beat me again. This girl beat me again. This sucks. I hate this. And then it led him into uh, a mindset, probably, of I will never get in there. I am never going to get this. Everybody always beats me. And then it probably led him into a total state of passivity, just being passive. I don't care. I'm not getting in. This will never work. I'm just going to. Hang out with all these other invalids and whatever rejects. I mean, it. He started. He probably started soaking up his environment like a sponge. You know, like a sponge would soak up this. A sponge just soaks up the environment that it's in, right? So he probably started soaking up all this this negativity around him. This this hopelessness around him, probably. I can only imagine, because when Jesus offered that in that question, he didn't say, that's great, that sounds awesome, yes. He just answered with an excuse, which kind of revealed his mindset and where he was. I think he was hopeless. I think he thought of himself as, I'm a loser for life, this is it. This is, this is where I'm staying. So this, these are just, again, these are just thoughts, some of them goofy but some of them probably fairly accurate. And um, this is kind of uh, something that I read recently that kind of triggered, triggered this whole maybe message. You'll never leave where you are until you decide where you would rather be. And I actually have this on my desktop, my computer, <laughs> staring at me a lot. And I'm, it's not because I can't stand my job. But it makes me ask myself in different areas. And this can be applied to so many areas. Um, just in, in a practical way, it could, be your fi- it could be finances. Like for me, I was, like early on in life, you know, I didn't know the, the wisdom of, of uh, you know, debt-free living and the slavery debt is and all that stuff. I just thought it was normal. I just thought this, well, it is normal, kind of. Um, but that normal's not good. Um, But it could be applied to that. And until I I remained that way for many years, until I decided I would rather be somewhere else. I would rather be free. And I literally cried out to God, I need wisdom. I do not know how to do this stuff. And then, I'm not going to get into that story, but God revealed wisdom to me, and I... Changed where I was. Maybe it's a relationship, and I'm not talking about divorces. But maybe it's your relationship. Maybe you've remained in this place, and now you're just roommates or something. And you hate it. But you're just in it, and you become passive. You become part of this weird environment that you've created of just passive living. And you haven't decided, I want what I used to have. I want whatever brought us together. So maybe you need to decide to go back and start doing those things you did at the beginning. I don't know. My wife's not here. She would be like, you know it, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just asked Amanda to step in for my wife and just shake her head once in a while and do this. (laughs) But... uh, but Maybe you just need to take a small look at what you were doing. It's really not that complicated when it comes to that. And again, that can be applied to relationships with your kids or or whoever. But do you like those where they're at? Because if you do and you don't do anything about it, you're probably going to remain right there in it. And you're not going to see growth. And I've heard the horror stories of... um, Use them spraying, spit everywhere. Stop. But uh, I've heard the you know the stories about families and couples getting married, raising a family. It's all about the kids. The whole world revolves around the kids. The kids leave. There's no, there's nothing holding this couple together anymore. And and then they they go their separate ways. I've seen it at with coworkers. I've seen it everywhere. But. um, and I bet nobody really wants that. But again, it's one of those passive things. You just become part of this environment, and you just keep going and going, and, and you don't decide where you would rather see this at. Um, and it could be you know, as practical as it could be a job thing. And you know, I've, I've been in plenty of jobs where it's really just about getting money and paying the bills and that's it. I don't know you know maybe it's something as as simple as that which maybe not be simple in your your situation but decide maybe you need to decide where you'd rather be you're unhappy you hate it whatever i mean you're most likely not a blessing there i don't know but uh maybe you need to reflect on that but many today are waiting for something to happen many of us are waiting for that moment and i've been guilty of of all these i'm going to i'm just going to list a few things here but um Oh, man, I went back. Okay, ah, hold on. Okay, here we go. Technology. Uh, so many of us are waiting for something to happen. You're actually, speaking of relationships, maybe you're waiting for your spouse to actually change. When are they going to change? I married them hoping to change them, and they're not changing. What is going on? Right? Have you ever had that thought, don't raise your hand, don't look at your spouse? Maybe you're waiting to win it big. I know I work with all kinds of people like this. Oh, we are gonna win this place. We're gonna blow this joint, you know. It's groups of whoever playing big lotteries and, and whatever, and you know, spend whatever, whatever it is. You're gonna win it big. You're waiting on the big win. You're waiting on you're waiting on the next big awesome diet that's gonna answer all your questions about what I should eat and how to lose this weight, whatever. Um Maybe you're waiting to get to a certain age. When I'm when I'm this age, then I will finally. I haven't I haven't reached that age. I'm almost fifty. Is there is there a point there after this that you do reach that age? And I don't know. Maybe it's like when I make this much money, then it'll all be all right. I heard a survey I'm not going to try to remember the details, but. You know, there was a survey taken, a question given, how much do you think you need to make to really be comfortable, to really be where you're at? And it was always like 75,000 more or something ridiculous. Even people who made half a million dollars said, if I just made, if I made 750, you know, whatever it was, and you're thinking, it's all relative, right? But maybe you're guilty of that thought. I was guilty of this a lot. I was guilty of waiting for the next emotional experience that was going to draw me closer to Jesus. And that really set me up for some disappointment. You know, it's, that's sad, really, looking back. But I was always waiting for the next feeling, the next set of goosebumps. Because I didn't want to make a decision to just draw close to God. I thought that's how that ha- I really thought from a young person, that's how that happened. I really thought that that's how that worked. You have to, it's just it's magic moment, and there'll be a few more, and then it'll you'll keep doing this. And like Andrew Omac talks about this. Just living from magic moment to magic moment. And not staying full of God. And that's what it's about, staying continually filled. The word says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That that is a continual thing. It's be being filled. And we've talked about that here before, but um, you know we are just like those people were at that pool, Bethesda. We are in a place of mercy. We are in a house of grace. I said earlier, and I, I stole it from Chad, who probably stole it from somebody else. But Jesus is grace. We are in Him. He is in us. We are in. The house of grace. And if you want to go, I don't know if this is right on or not, but we are a house of grace Amen. if Jesus dwells in us. Grace and deliverance. But we still feel bound by our circumstances, don't we? We still feel bound by maybe our environment. Like I'm so trapped here, wherever here is for you. When all the time freedom is available. We're free all the time. Do we believe that verse that says he whom the sun sets free is free indeed? And that's no matter where you are. Even Paul and Silas in jail and they didn't see themselves as prisoners, but they were free and that's why they were able to sing. And see those prison doors open. But just like Jesus was asking that man to abandon his old way of seeing himself, his old ways of thinking. I mean, he's really asking us to do the same thing. We're 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 never without hope. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Do do we believe that? Romans 12.2 in the Passion Translation, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. So what we need to do, this is just a different translation. The normal one you probably hear is, to be be renewed, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, don't be conformed to this world, right? I thought this was a great way to say it. But I picture this, when I picture this, I think of, and I've I've probably seen this illustrated, maybe you have too, but a little, I could have brought props this morning. I've never used props, but it's just another opportunity for things to go awry. But... uh, (laughs) So just picture a cup of, you know, a cup of muddy water or something, and then, you know, pouring into that cup of muddy water, a gallon of pure, fresh water, and eventually all of that muddy, dirty water will flow out. And that's really simply how this works. Um, we need to develop our appetite for his word, for his truth that will flush out maybe the traditions of men that we've, we don't even realize we've grasped onto. Maybe it's religious traditions. The word of God says, and in, in, um, I think it's in my next slide, but it's in Mark, that the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. And how many know by whether it's experience or just seeing that in in others' lives. Maybe you used to hold on to the traditions that held you in a bondage or or, or a religious tradition or whatever it was. But it makes the word of God of no effect. And that's scary because the word of God is alive and active and powerful. And just using a simple, um, natural illustration, testimony, I don't know. But if you want to hunger and thirst for righteousness, if you want to hunger and thirst for truth, for the Word of God, what you need to start doing, you say, I don't really like, I'm not a reader, uh, the Bible's so boring, or whatever that is. It's, I don't get it, you know. I, I don't believe that. So don't, don't try that with me. But um, what you can do is just start taking a step in that direction. Maybe you're a, you, you learn or hear or you like to listen to things audibly. You know, there's countless phone apps that you can listen to the Word of God. Um, but start feeding on truth. If you're feeding on crap, sorry, it's a Christian swear word. Uh, if you're feeding on this stuff and the world of culture, then just stop, stop and start feeding on what you want to be hungry for. In the natural, I, I, found, I, I, I found this later, but and then I heard somebody say it, and I'm like, oh, that's what I'm experiencing, that's funny. But I started changing things I ate, and I craved those things. Like if I don't have one of those things, whatever it is I eat normally, that's what I crave. I don't crave something that I never eat. Your body will demand what you give it. And I I learned that by experience. Just one day, it's like the lights came on, and I heard somebody say that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it makes total sense because I'll find myself craving any given food that I normally as part of my eating. And um, it's very interesting. But your spirit, man, whether you realize it or not, is very, 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 very hungry for truth, very hungry for the Word. It wants the Word. And I shared this with my son a little while, a few days ago, that, you know, so many times in life as believers in Christ, we're trying to feed ourselves with stuff that's not spirit food. It, we're hungry, but we don't realize it's our spirit that's hungering for the things of God, for the word of God. And we're trying to fill it with all these other stuff, trying to feed our soul, trying to feed our emotions, trying to feed our, our flesh, and it's confusing. Why am I still... You don't realize you're unsatisfied reason, but it's your spirit, man, that's starving. And you're not going to stay nourished on one cold meal a week or warm meal on Sunday morning? I guess one warm. I'm trying to repeat something I heard somebody say. Anyways, hot this morning, morning, yes. But uh, you're not, if you only ate once a week, how many knows physically it wouldn't work out very well? I mean, you know, you'd be be struggling. But um, small changes over time will produce the big results that you really want. Just small little changes. So small that you don't even realize you made a change. I don't care if it's just read a verse. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Listen to something. Uh, Read a devotional. But start changing. if If you really don't want to remain where you are, and you make a decision where you'd rather be, if you see people that are on fire for Jesus and you're like, I want that. Well, I guarantee you, they don't get that way watching the news or buried in TV for 10 hours a day or whatever. I don't know. I listen to people that are so fired up for Jesus because that's, I want what they got. When I see somebody in life that has, is somewhere I want to be, Wherever, if, if it's just a practical, natural kind of thing, or if it's a spiritual thing, I, I follow, that. That's, that's what I want. Paul even said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so I follow, I, follow, I follow those. And in this day and age, pick your mentor. Pick a mentor. Pick somebody you can follow, somebody that, you know? I'm not saying people are perfect, but maybe follow them as they follow Christ. That's just simple wisdom right there, so let's be stronger than our excuses okay i I use excuses my whole whole life, I probably still do, and don't even realize it, but let's be we' we are stronger than them. we're stronger, we just might not realize it, and uh don't let religious tradition, the traditions of men hold you down and make the word of God of no effect and um Just stop waiting for something to happen. Stop waiting for your spouse to change because they're not going to accept it. But if you change, they might see that change that will cause them to change. I've heard this. If you all know Joyce Meyer's life and ministry, it's pretty funny, the harsh story regarding this. Always being annoyed with the fact that her husband wasn't changing. And it was, God really showed her it was her who needed to change. But maybe it's us who need to change. It's always us who need to change. So we've said this before, and this is simple, but everything you need is already inside of you in Christ Jesus everything you need. You don't lack any, any good thing. You lack nothing. And uh, in Christ, we are complete. And you know, maybe you're watching this. I'm assuming we're on Facebook Live right now or in this place. I don't know everybody in here, but maybe the place you are and you've been remaining is a place that is a hopeless place. Maybe the place you are is in a kingdom that you don't belong in. There's two kingdoms in this world there's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of the son of his love and if you're in the place where you're hopeless, if you're in the place where you're tired of the same old same old you're passive you're you're over it. maybe you've never seen your need for a savior you Maybe you don't realize it, but you're not a very good Lord of your life. And you need a new Master. You need a new Lord. You can't save yourself. Now, if we could save ourselves, why would Jesus have had to come? Pastor Chad points it out regularly, and it's very, very beautiful. But Christianity is not a religion. No religion has the God of that religion ever given themselves for their people. know, it's about a family. And the Father came in the form of Jesus, became flesh, he put on flesh, he became one of us and gave himself for the whole lot of us. Now the ball's in our court. What are we going to do with Jesus? If you've already decided, you know what? I've already said Jesus is my Lord. Romans tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, which is where death, hell, and the grave were defeated, and we, when he rose, new life was made available. So when we choose, when I saw that, I don't know if I actually prayed that way when I was a kid, 13 years old, but there was definitely a moment. Now, I, I can I kind of just related to that with someone else I heard preaching this week. Pastor Dwayne Vanderclock over in Res Life in Grand Haven. He came to Jesus because he was scared to death because he didn't want to go to hell. Hey, whatever it takes. But uh, that's <laughs> that was me. I thought, man, if I die right now, I'm going to hell. I don't like that thought. But then the grace of God, I couldn't have said it this way, but... I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus was the Savior that I was looking for, even though I was riding on my mom and dad's coattails all this time. It was, it was my point of decision, and I fortunately I got on my knees, and I decided, and I cried out to God. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe you're miserable, and you can't figure it out. Maybe that's, that's, that's what you're trying to figure out. His, his name is Jesus. The answer is Jesus to your hopelessness to your lack of joy, to your despondent life, whatever's going on, to your physical um, problems, whatever the problem is, Jesus is your answer. And cry out to Him. Just as simply as saying, Jesus, take my life and do something with it. Because He's not trying to hold people back. He's not trying to hold people back. I, I Either I saw this in a comic or I heard a joke or whatever, but I don't know how to say it right anyways, but it was G, a picture of Jesus pulling people over the wall of heaven. He's trying, he's not about keeping people out. He came to get people in, get people into the kingdom. And he is, he has cried out to you from across saying, I love you so much just give up trying and rest in me that's what it's all about so if going back if you don't like where you've been remaining all this time however long this time is decide where you'd rather be cuz the grace of God is there to take you there the grace of God is there to empower you in the assignment that he has called you to he needed you in your mother's womb And he has plans and purposes for you. His thoughts toward you outnumber the sand of the earth. It says that in Psalm. David wrote that. There's not a moment, there's not a nanosecond in your life that God is not thinking good thoughts toward you. Jesus came to give us abundant life. That's not about when we die and go to heaven. That's right now that life, that abundant life, that overflowing eternal joy kind of life is available to us right now. So as as a body, as believers, as whoever's in the sound of my voice, grab hold of that hope. Grab hold of that possibility. Just like that guy grabbed hold of Jesus offering him I'm going to give you a new way to think about yourself. So if you've not been thinking about yourself, very good. Start thinking about yourself the way Jesus thinks about you. And the Holy Spirit will help you do that. Because his, one of his jobs is to lead us into all truth. And the truth is, if you've embraced Jesus, you are in right standing with him. You are beloved. The beloved of God. You are his son and his daughter in whom he is well pleased. Colossians tells us you're pure and holy without a single fault as you stand before him because of Jesus. So this is where I want to be. This is where I want us all to be. So I'm done talking. But cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. I don't care if you're still a Christian. I mean, if you're a Christian. We can't stop crying out to Jesus. Every day, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. (laughs) And um, he is our hope. So as we enter, and we're going to enter into just some more worship, and believe the word when it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Just enter into worship. Don't be a spectator. Be a participator. And receive his presence in this place. Receive his willingness in his. His wanting to inhabit this atmosphere. Because things will change in this atmosphere. I've seen healing come in the atmosphere of praise and worship. I've experienced it firsthand. He wants to offer you a new way of thinking all the time. So embrace that. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for offering us new life. Thank you for not leaving us here to our own devices, Lord. Thank you for not leaving us hopeless. But no, you came and you displayed eternal hope on a cross. You displayed love on a cross. You displayed joy of eternity with a creator who loved us. And Lord, we embrace your love this morning as your love has embraced us before we even arrived on the scene. We receive your grace. We receive your mercy, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to give us wisdom. I ask you to bring the wisdom of God to us and show us how to take these baby steps and to actually decide where we would rather be, to realize, to come to an awakening that it is not your plan for us to live in a passive state, to live in a defeated state, to live in a hopeless state, to live in any state that's not victorious in Christ, to live in a state that does not display the glory of God, and the majesty of God and the love of God. Lord, I pray your will be done and your kingdom come in each and every one of our lives, Lord, in this place. May we stand firm and strong on your truth, Lord, and reign in this life as your kids, just the way you designed it to be thank you. And thank you for inhabiting our praises right now, Lord. Have your way, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Caris New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.carisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.